Welcome to Drunk on Comics Podcast 422. And I know it's 422 because Tony posted all of our back episodes. So we're all caught up. Yay, I did something right. <laughs> Yay, finally. Tony. Except for 417. That one's lost forever in the ether. Yes. <laughs> it may make a surprise return <laughs> when we think of something then. But yeah, uh, finally got caught up. Uh, there's been a lot of things I've been doing in my personal life to just try to get back to a routine schedule, and I'm going to try to stick to it. If not, Linz will yell at me, and now that I may be seeing her in person, she can actually hit me upside the head instead of virtually yes. and I will, because I'm prone to violence. And so that makes me really want to <laughs> do things. Uh, got into... Uh, a bit of news this week because, you know, Comic-Con at home was happening this week. So that provided us with ample uh, conversational topics, mostly surrounding movies again. Yeah. The yeah. There's, well, we, I think we, I dived deep into a couple books this week. Yeah. But yeah, a lot of everything has just been on consumerism of entertainment. Right. And while comic books are there, there's so many ifs, ands, or buts about everything else that that's kind of the talk of the town right what is reliable is toys lots of toys they but... are always reliable they will always make you happy no matter how old you are no matter what you're doing in life a toy will satisfy you everywhere right so sit back grab a drink and enjoy drunk on comics podcast 422 tony's new adult toy we sound damn good. Yeah. Second time's charm. Yes. I don't, can, I, can I get as much excitement as I had from before? I don't know. That's why I was like... Quick, when you... quick, quick answer? Hell yes. <laughs> I'm going to be like high as a kite on happiness and nostalgia. Aw, that's good, I guess. All day. Because as, as you know, I will be running around the neighborhood now. Not just my house. In your underwear? Yes. In my underwear. <laughs> oh, uh, so yeah, this is our second take on the beginning of uh, this episode because, uh, well... It's been a while since we've done an in-person duo recording. Yeah, had to reset the, the mics and yeah, everything. Tony forgot that he couldn't just record himself. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, one of the things that I was so happy about, which uh, I'm still just elated about, is I got the Power Rangers Lightning Collection uh, Green Dragon Dagger. And this thing is something that I've wanted since being a kid. I have bought the, uh, not the original, the Lightning Collection uh, Red Ranger Sword. And if they ever do come out with the Lightning Collection for all the other weapons, I probably will. I have not found... They came with a toy set that was really cheap and small, but it made the giant blaster, which you probably don't even know what nope, that is. sure don't. Um, the axe turned into the handle, and then the... It, yeah. So, like, the weapons fit together yeah, fit to together. make a big weapon, kind of like yes. their bots all fit together yep. to make it. Right. And they Makes have sense. never really released those other weapons besides the Red Ranger sword, but they've always had the Dragon Dagger out there. And this thing is... 
Feels feels good in my hand. Uh, I wish I had batteries. I think it's funny that we had the opportunity to before we started again to go <laughs> find batteries, batteries, and we still did not do that. <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> didn't even think. Didn't about even it. think about it. Yeah. <laughs> but when I do get batteries in this, this thing's gonna light up and and sound like a trumpet, <laughs> not a flute. A trumpet. You're just gonna be prancing around the house with that thing, pretending to play it like you actually have to blow into it to make mm -hmm. it work, but you don't. You just gotta hit the buttons, right? I'm assuming. Yeah, imagine though if someone could make a real reeded type flute. I can't imagine it'd be shape. hard. Don't you own something that you could, I don't know, print out a dagger and then figure out how to make it into an actual musical instrument? Don't you have a piece of equipment? And yes, but you... I don't think I don't think <laughs> plastic flutes. Like I think this would be something that have to be recorders are plastic, and those make music noises. Oh, that's true. It's not going to sound like a beautiful metal flute like I what I own, but. <laughs> I don't know how well my printer could actually print a musical instrument yeah, of you'd be beauty surprised. such as this, this dragon dagger. Yeah, not like that. No. No. You'd have to print this it in pieces just, and glue yeah, it together. So, oh, that's gross. So amazing. The only person that can see that is me. So you're you're <laughs> doing it to the wrong audience. <laughs> Stroking your stupid dagger. <laughs> ching, ching, this is what ching, I get for ching, coming ching. over here. <laughs> oh, so glad to see you. In person. <laughs> it's been a while. It's been a while. But, you know, there's a crazy illness going around. So, makes it hard, especially since I know you go out and do things like hang out on beachfront communities. <laughs> I don't, really. I hung out with three friends. I know, I'm giving you shit. I know that you have to play it safe because you have uh, pre-conditioning, pre-pre-exist. There we go. Pre-existing conditions. <laughs> Cannot get that out for some reason. So, and that's why who I allow to be near me, I trust fully with my life because technically, I am trusting them with my life. Pretty much. Yep. Uh, but you know what? My life is complete now that I got this dagger. So <laughs> anyone take me can now. come over. <laughs> like I was saying, I forgot I ordered this. I it's I'm just I'm elated. Yeah, it, it's a nice little surprise for you. And that it came on recording day two. Yeah, who knows? It might have come yesterday. Oh no, did you leave the house yesterday? Yeah. Okay, then yeah, you would have seen it. It was a giant box. Oh yeah. Then, yeah. Missed it. Then. Yeah, it was it was huge. So. Can't miss those giant boxes. Yeah. <laughs> no matter how hard you try. <laughs> oh man. Um so yeah, so getting into the swing of things. Uh this is things they're not returning to normal, but there are things that seem to be finally picking up some steam. Uh we're finally getting some more news uh in the comic book realm. Books are starting to ship more regularly. Yep. And here's the thing. Uh, Marvel has been slow all through the last couple months with their books. They kind of were like, well, shoot, let's take our slate and kind of spread it out. 
and where the Xbooks were just coming out like crazy, they slowly were coming out, and those are what I'm mainly reading through Marvel mm-hmm. right now. And knowing that ahead of time, like, okay, cool, but then I forgot, and then I was like, where are all the Xbooks? And then I looked it up, I go, oh, yeah, that's right, they're not coming out. Except for then, this week is getting back into the full swing of things, where I believe there is like seven different books that from Marvel. I didn't even get a chance to, to read them all, but... Yay! <laughs> kind of like that little lull of not needing to read everything. Yeah. It's kind of nice. There's less pressure. Well, it's, it's weird. Because I love consuming all the things. Like, give me all the entertainment and imagination of these different worlds and everything. But at the same point, it's like, God, there's just a little too much to, to do. Especially when doing a podcast like this where... We want to pick some new stuff, but then when you're getting into new stuff, are you going to be committed to that world? And half the time I am, so there's another new book series that I need to be reading. Right, because if we review it, it's because we like it. Like, generally, we don't review things that are shitty, that we think are shitty. So, generally, if it's new and we review it, it means we probably are going to stick to reading it, which just adds another book to that pile. Quite a pile they can be. Yes, uh... (laughs) So one of the books that uh, I grabbed this week that I, to be honest, I really shouldn't have uh, picked it up only because now it's another series that I'm going to have to start reading. But it was The Man Who Effed Up Time, number four. Oh, that's a fun title. That's the true reason why (laughs) I got it. And I knew exactly it would probably be someone that's a time traveler, so that's another plus for me. And they're going to fuck shit up, so let's see how this goes. Maybe it could be one of those things where I feel very few comics, I mean, there are very few comics that I read, so I'm sure there's probably more out there. That are more towards younger kids. Mm-hmm. Um, I think like there's some Marvel adventures and some stuff like that. Um, I wouldn't even like Fraggle Rock books, maybe, but you could still have some adult readers. But this definitely, even with the uh, effed up time, you'd kind of think, oh, there's going to probably be a little more adult, you know, middle finger stuff. But this is a, a you know typical. I don't know. You'd say age range, like teen and up, for most comics. Okay. So are we talking like 16 plus or are we talking like 13 plus? 13 plus. I mean, I don't think there's anything bad in it besides just the occasional like, you know, you suck or or whatever. Uh, But I'm now curious. We'll have to start looking into what we, how that works though. Age ranges? Yeah. Like what would you say? Like, I mean. Well, they they have. Most everything's all age range. They, well. Yeah, because we don't, we rely on um, comic books to kind of self-report appropriate age reading levels. Like we don't, there's not, the comics code isn't like a thing or any, anymore. Yeah. So we kind of expect them to self-report. So there's not a consistent basis on, on, on what, like, like with movies, right? There's not a consistent rating system for comic books that I'm aware of. But I feel like most people do young readers and then T plus and then mature. So, which is, or, or all ages, right. Which are meant to be books that, cause to me, there's a difference between books specific to young readers and an all ages book. Right. 
because a book specific to young readers is like one of those cardboard books that you can also let your kids (laughs) chew on. (laughs) (laughs) The golden books. Right. An all ages book means that there's nothing in it that would be offensive to any age that read it. Yeah, this, uh, like I said, it's time travel, so I guess you'd have to at least be smart enough to understand that concept. Yeah. Time travel. Uh, I like, it starts off with just saying, you know, billions of years ago, primordial ooze, the beginning of time, beginning of life, or maybe the end of it too. Ooh, scary. (laughs) And you see our our main man here who pretty much gets uh, sent back in time from another one of his future self lives. Like, I'm not, again, this is book issue number four. And this made me realize I can't do a good review on this without reading the other three in this series so far because I am lost. Okay. But I was able to follow enough to where there's time travel. There's uh, what seems like him stopping him from time traveling or something. Uh, there's, you know, he's now in the way past and you know stomping on uh what would you call it like when the fish came out of the sea kind of evolution type oh, like that first wave of yeah like you evolution. know like, yeah like whenever they show like a time travel thing where someone steps on that bug and somehow like when they go back to the normal present oh, day things everyone's have changed, changed like the butterfly effect yep. so yeah so he, he kicks something because he's pissed and then it billions of years later and there's multiple of them talking amongst themselves about time traveling and this and that and multiple of the same guy yeah okay and when you look outside it is a world full of bugs like oh gross so it's 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 a bug world and because he kicked something now he, there's bugs everywhere yes i wonder why I wonder why. Do they? Does what, it explain why? Well, it's because he kicked the the thing that was yeah, coming what, out, crawling out of the sea, which would have been the first uh, land mammal. I would like mammal. to see like just a brief explanation of how that led to this. Right? Are you, you're saying? But there's still people, right? Or are there no, no people? Just them. Oh, okay. Because they're time travelers. Then that makes sense. Sorry, I thought it was like we're ruled by insects, but there's also still us. Well, I mean, there is some, I mean, there's some, well, it looks like posters. So, yeah. So, again, I, I'm I'm not 100% sure all of what's going on, but I enjoyed it for what it is. I can almost kind of guess what happened in some of the other issues, but I really kind of want to know, you know, how is he time traveling? Where is he time traveling from? from? What's he trying to do? Uh, just like I said, a lot of not knowing what the hell's going on and like the in the back of each book you know when it kind of shows like a cover for the next one it looks like he's seeing a good old Abe Lincoln in in the theater there so is he going to start doing some shit in time travel that was our history right to set things like a quantum leap set things right which went wrong yeah except we all know that like even with the best of intentions and stopping something you just never know it could have negative effects still. Yep. 
It really could. So, Liz, what do you have to read this review? Um, so, I didn't... I've been reading a book, and I'm not, I'm not going to review it because I'm not done with it yet. Um, I haven't read any new stuff, but I've been reading Hip Hop Family Tree by Ed Piskor. Piskor. I don't know how to say his last name. He did, like, the um, X-Men books that were, like, the snapshots through the history, the X-Men history. He did okay. a oh, yeah. Fantastic Four one that was kind of the same thing. So this is basically that same similar concept, except it's running through the history of hip-hop. So it starts at the very beginning of the creation of hip-hop in, in New York in the 70s. Um, and kind of very quickly, and I'm like only halfway through with the book, but very quickly runs through all of the important people that have brought hip-hop from where it started to where it is. I don't even know if it's to where it is today, because like I said, I'm only halfway through the book, so I don't know where this history stops. I don't know if it's... I think they're supposed to be... Let me, let me do a quick Google search here, if there's a volume two, because this one is... I want to say they called it volume one. Um, but maybe not. Uh, okay, so it's the 70s through 1981. So there is a second volume to it. Um, it's just, it's very interesting to me. Did you watch that show that was on Netflix that was done by Boz Lerman? I think it was, it's called the, um, it was about hip hop in the, in the 70s and the creation of hip hop. It's called mm -hmm. The Get Down. Okay, no, I haven't. No. Okay. It's very good. If you are at all into hip-hop, it's it's a fictional story, but it, it has parts of it that are based in reality. And when you read this, you kind of can connect those things with what's going on in this book. Um, but it's just, it's really interesting to me because I love hip-hop and it's, and it's interesting to see its evolution and how it started and why it started and where it, and where it came from to where it is today is just really interesting and and the fact that Ed is so very good at shoving so much history into like short amounts of pages like he would do with the X-Men and the Fantastic Four books where you can absolutely get the complete history without having to spend like a lot of time on each thing so it was like here's this person and how it led to this person. And it's literally like two panels and he might just be throwing some names out <clears throat> and he might spend a couple more panels on somebody who has a little bit more of importance to the scene. But it just, it blows my mind that, that this is the way he tells history. And I like that it's, he's doing it on something realistic instead of comic books. Um, Cause I like, this is just kind of how I want to learn about things now. <laughs> So whenever whenever I hear anyone say hip hop, yeah, I just always finish that that saying of well, it's not just hip hop; it's a hip hop homonymous, uh. Mr. Rhymenoceros <laughs> from Flight of the Concords. All right. Well, I don't. I think of the you know the original song where the, you hear the word hip hop, which was the um, hip hop hooray ho no. hey ho. No. <laughs> <laughs> Not that one. Um, God, what was the name of that band now? And I just read Will about Smith. them too. No, although Jazzy Jeff is mentioned in this because oh. he was on the early hip hop scene, and it's the, and that's weird to me because I 
didn't realize he was around for that long. Maybe it's not the same guy. I don't know. It could be. No, he's he's been around for I feel like a he, little while. Yeah, but this is the late 70s, and he was like, he was a kid, well, but he wasn't that. Was... Yeah. Well, I, you know, I haven't, I haven't done, I haven't gone down the research hole yet with this book. I'm kind of getting through it, and once I'm done, I'll probably... Connect the dots yeah, of who's who. who's who and stuff like that. But it's... Well, hell, it's, you did a pretty good half-ass, I mean, not half-ass <laughs> review, half-review <laughs> of a book that you're not done with that you said you weren't going to review. And I know. You've done it's, it. it's really good, guys. Like, I, I definitely recommend reading any of the books that Edda has done, because I think they're just entertaining, um, and if you want to quickly learn about something, then I think it's kind of a good way to do it. So I have uh, one other one that I want to briefly talk about because it, as we say, we only review books that we like. And I'm, this is, I'm, I'm liking it, but I'm torn because I'm a little confused by it. Okay. Is maybe what the best way to say. So I don't think it's bad. I'm just, there's more... To me, that needs to be revealed before I can just be, be like, oh, I, I, I want to keep reading this. Uh, it's called Bliss. Um, came out of Image, so Bliss number one. Uh, what we have is a young boy who seems to be telling a story of his father in front of, like, a court. Uh, like, this is like a grand, like, uh, hall with what seems like a wigged judge type person. So I'm like trying to think of the setting but it seems like it's almost like part future too but it's not our world per se um also i keep just going back to the looking at the dude i feel like almost like i'm taking uh lin-manuel like inspiration for, for oh the... my gosh yes so i saw the cover to this on the internet and i 100 percent was like oh my god that looks like lin-manuel yeah and then, and so that's the whole thing I'm thinking in the back of my head. And then, of course, when they're in front of this, like, judge and everything who has a wig, and I'm just, like, thinking, man, am I getting into, oh, maybe it's not a wig, maybe it's just his long hair, but he definitely looks like, with the curly mustache and everything, like, what you would depict on a movie or, or a set of being timey-wimey. But <laughs> this, this has to do with... Uh, like I said, the son telling the story of his father and what seems to be he committed some crimes because as the judge kind of interrupts him before talking about other people's and their crimes, what they've done, and he's like, but then even worse than all those is your father. And so I'm like, okay, a little bit of mystery here. Let's see what he's, you know, the father's going to do anything he can for the kid. And it could have been straight and narrow like that, and I would have kind of gotten what this is about. But then it gets into kind of the weird supernatural where he finds himself uh, in this kind of like underground, like back alley, I don't know, what would you call it? Like not a hot tub, but like a day spa for weird creatures. Like I don't understand what these, so the, the, again. Like a bathhouse? Yes, a bathhouse. Like these creatures are not human okay. at all. Uh, They're monster type things and it's... They look like living statues because they're all the same like grayish and it might just be the lighting so that think, they're using. Yeah, I think uh, I thought they're kind of like frog-like mm. uh, but 
or lizard-like. But again, had these just been like old like crones or old people that like somehow had this magic elixir called Bliss that they're going to give him, also would have been kind of more straightforward. So now I'm confused on what are, are these aliens? Are these like lizard folk from underground? Is this a magical world that there's more to this world than I've seen? Because it kind of seemed a normal, like, human-type world. Mm -hmm. And then we get introduced to this bliss, which makes you forget everything in the last, you know, couple hours. Oh, that would be amazing right now. <laughs> do you think this was inspired by wanting to forget about all the shit that's going on right now? Or yeah, I mean, think? it could have. <laughs> but for me, it seems like they're making him into an assassin, but then can give him this bliss stuff so that he can do this because as they're saying is there anything you would do for your kid which throughout the whole first half of the book is showing that yes he would and i'm wondering if then the kind of the the way to get out of it is then he'll just drink this and forget he's a killer but he's honed his skills to be a killer and that's interesting and cool i'm interested in what this bliss stuff does but it also seems kind of uh i don't know not it's a weird thing to just throw in there like we're going to create this assassin, but then we're just going to make him forget about it. Like, for for what? Like, for and me... He, there's been TV shows based on that trope, right? Dollhouse. They would erase those girls' yeah. memories after they did what they were supposed to do. Uh, Dark Angel. You remember that lovely show with Jessica Alba? So it's not a new idea. Yeah, so I... But I, but I want to know, again, I want to... If this is an assassin-type you know, book, real world, no uh, magical weapon type things. Cool. If this is just a, you know, produced drug that mm -hmm. anyone can manufacture, cool, whatever. But it seems like there is more to this with just the way those creatures look. Do you remember that episode of Futurama where they find out where Slurm comes from? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. With the introduction of these amphibious sort of <laughs> creatures, um, that's the first thing I think of. <laughs> See, so here's here's the the key dialogue though that made me go, "Oh shit, okay, I I'm hooked enough to see where this goes." Then uh, you see the the young boy what seems to be pulling his dad out of uh, like a river, um, and it goes, you know, what do I tell them, Dad? And then that next dialogue, that the God of Oblivion is coming and you're the only one who can stop her. Um, you know, they won't forgive you. Uh, they shouldn't, but they have to listen for all of us. And I'm just like, and then it, that's how the book ends. And I'm like. And you're like, what? Yeah. It's like, <laughs> okay. So he has turned into an assassin and there is a God coming that he's got to. And I'm like. Now I'm getting more of a sense, if that's true, and not just a made-up, like, Assassin's Creed-type name. Sure. But it made, it piqued my interest enough. So, again, yeah. this review is, like, if I know that's where we're going, I'm, like, I'm all bored for it. If, if that's not where we're going, okay, I'm still interested enough, but not as interested. Yeah. So it's kind of, like... Well, the way not a bad review. The but. way Image describes this book is that it's Breaking Bad meets Neil Gaiman's Sandman. 
which, I mean, just based on that alone is intriguing enough to want to read it. <laughs> Two great tastes that taste great together. Yeah. Right? <laughs> maybe he's a dream assassin. Oh, maybe. Actually, that would be pretty badass if that's how he kills is in like a in a freddy krueger sort of and it's actually the bliss of what we think is making people forget is really how he gets into their heads to kill them i don't know now i'm going to make up this whole universe in my head and i'll be disappointed if it's not don't do that just read it and keep telling us what happens so uh yeah so anyways i was intrigued enough uh like i said though i do Normally, in first issues, I like it when it's more dialogue-heavy, set-in-the-scenes type thing, and then that small little, you know, hook that makes you, like, want to turn it turn into the next one. This had a lot just throughout of it of just, like I said, and sure, there's some great books that slowly reveal what happened later on. So, yes, we will see what happens to <laughs> Lin-Manuel and his family. <laughs> It does look a lot like how I would imagine he would look. Drawn as a character. Yeah. yeah. Um. So, did you watch any Comic-Con panels? I didn't. I know, I'm a terrible nerd. I just, honestly, like, this week was very busy for me. Not to brag. So, I watched... <laughs> <laughs> what, you're saying that I have no life? <laughs> But I had a lot going on this week. <laughs> so I watched a little... I've actually only watched like one and a half panels. Yeah. Uh, I still can watch some of them, so I still need to watch the Bill and Ted one, uh, that one I'm interested in. But uh, I watched a little bit of Marvel's 616 uh, panel, but watched the New Mutants panel because I am so... I am just so fascinated with this movie. This movie that won't die... Yes, because before I was just like, eh, and then I was very, like, turned off by it, and then with everything that's happened with it, it makes me go, God, this is just going to be one of those train wrecks that could be beautiful to watch. Maisie Williams is going to be 30 before this movie comes out. <laughs> and she looks like she's 12 I know. This well, it's still gonna be coming out. Uh, I guess supposedly August twenty uh, eighth is yeah. their release date, and they are in theater. In theaters, and they're keeping it. Okay. Now, granted, I most guess... theaters in America are closed, but there are some small shops, and there are sm- there are some towns where COVID hasn't hit that well or that strongly. <laughs> that that well, yeah. It's like, <laughs> It hasn't like for hit Rupert, that. yeah, yeah, it hasn't hit that well. <laughs> hasn't hit as strongly to where they may have some smaller chains still open, but really, there's no new movies coming no. out. So, yeah, they're still gonna push for that. Which there's two things they can do that they can gauge what the market is like with having a, the only new movie coming out. I think it's. To me, it seems like the safe thing to do for that movie, right? Because then they can blame its shitty performance on the fact that... Oh, on... That the, people don't want to go to the theater. I didn't even think about that way to go about it. Like, I was thinking, they have it for, like, two weeks out. They realize it's not doing good. So then they just release it at Video On Demand, and then they can get even better... There's bigger and more... More, like... What's the word I'm searching for? 
movies that have more fervor and want behind them that are being released VOD and theater together. So, I mean, come on, New Mutants. Like, that seems unnecessary. <laughs> you could do both. What well, I see, what uh, something that I had thought of uh, while while finding out that they were still going to go through with a theater push is that I don't think if you have a movie go straight to video on demand, because one of the big reasons why Netflix could never get in the Oscar scene is because they didn't have their movies released in actual theaters. So I know that they bought a theater somewhere in like yeah. New York so that they could play them there to get the the honor of and i know that i think the oscars has changed a little bit to where they've started to allow some of those to be in um for limited runs so what if this is marvel's big plan to sweep the oscars because Because nothing else is being released yeah we have not had that much the only movies that i know onward and that will do pretty well for its animation uh Safe, not safe room. Escape room was surprisingly interesting for kind of a horror movie. I just googled what it what you need to do to win an Oscar. Oh. And in April, the Board of Governors, which I guess I don't know if that's a a thing a thing <laughs> with the Oscars or something in California. But the Board of Governors approved a temporary hold on the requirement that a film needs a seven-day theatrical run in a commercial theater in Los Angeles County is the actual rule. It's not anywhere. You have to run in Los Angeles. Wow. To be able to qualify. Seven days. You have to do a seven-day theatrical run in Los Angeles County to to qualify for an Oscar. So they've suspended that for this year. Instead, films will be allowed to be released digitally without playing in theaters. Oh. So. Okay, so then I guess it doesn't matter either or. No. But even then, <laughs> most of these places aren't even doing digitally either. No, they're just holding on to them. Uh, yeah. I know that they said Tenant would for sure not be, they're like, we're not doing video on demand. Stop asking us. Like, yeah. That's it's just going to be a big of a movie. And it, it yeah. honestly, it is one of those, you're going to want to see it. Right. Uh, on it's, the big screen. It's like if Inception came out and they put that straight to video instead of letting you see it. Like, Inception was definitely a movie that benefited from being seen in a theater. Yeah. And so, regardless, they are releasing a new movie this year, finally, if no other hiccups happen. Right. That could be an Oscar contender, though. Just think of that, though. That's fucked up. We never thought we'd see this movie, let alone think... It would win an Oscar? I mean, just imagine... uh, And I'm 100% honest, because I'm joking mostly with them (laughs) winning an Oscar. I think if it pulls off a half-ass movie, editing could be Mm. nominated. I think for sure if, you know, they look at... This was the scraps we had, and I edited this movie together to make this... You would have to say, hey, we're at least going to give you a nomination. Sure. Maybe you won't win, but to see New Mutants nominated for anything. Oh, my God. So it's a comic book movie and a horror movie, which are both genres that have been largely overlooked <laughs> yeah. by the Academy in the past. So it would kind of, just on that principle alone, would be a win. Um, I just can't even imagine. Like, I think that the Academy would just be like, we have no nominees this year. <laughs> <laughs> 
Or it's going to be New Mutants and Bill and Ted face the music. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's that's a movie. That that's one of them that's being released in theaters and on video on demand at the same time. That's a movie that I'm just wanting. Well, yeah, I've wanted for ages. For sure, everybody does. If one of those two movies is going to be nominated for an Oscar, <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be that one. <laughs> um. Yeah. There's some other. I mean, I guess we can just since we're talking about some movies right now uh, and entertainment. So California has uh, recently deemed entertainment workers essential. Oh. Um, I mean... And they're requiring testing on production. So what that necessarily seems to, like, how much testing and everything, obviously is going to be one of those debates of are you testing every day, testing every other day? I think every other day or every three days gives you enough of a, you can still catch it, but it shouldn't be like one and done type thing because you don't know. Right. Uh, we've kind of bitched, or I have, about what WWE has been doing in wrestling because they've been deemed essential when that's some horse shit. Right. I don't see. This is my argument for entertainment being essential. Um. It's all we have right now. <laughs> I know, no, and I want it. I want it. I think it's essential. Well, normally but... I would say that, like, our grocery... I mean, obviously our grocery workers are essential. And, of course, anyone that's in the health industry is essential. Transportation. Like, there's so many areas of the country that are more essential than anybody in the entertainment. But if we didn't have the breadth... Breadth? 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 Breadth. Breadth. Breadth of entertainment. The large amount of entertainment that we have today, we would all be insane. insane. We would be insane. We would be more so than we are already a country of insane people. Yes. (laughs) Yes, we would. So, while on principle I don't agree that they're essential, just knowing that fact, I'm like, all right, it's not fine. (laughs) Whatever. Do what you need to do. I need something Don't give up your morals just for your new <laughs> Bachelor's episode. <laughs> well, that shit's... Like, all right, maybe we should clarify... What like, entertainment is. Yeah. <laughs> like, we don't need The Bachelor right now. That's not what we need. <laughs> no. But I thought this was, like, kind of huge... Because this is... This is California. Right. New York, however, on the other hand, um, they I want to say they allowed... No, I think New York still hasn't done production stuff. I thought they said they were starting to do... They, I think they were going to, but they're also still, I think, a little bit uh, waiting to see on if things are rising or not. Uh, as we know, the New Zealand has started production in a couple places in the UK. But again, these are all small sets where normally there would be stuff filming everywhere in the world. Uh, there's going to be changes to a lot of shows and locations-wise if they can't get to those countries. Film and TV production was allowed to start July 20th in New York City. Okay, so then, yeah, just this past week then. Yeah. So it will be interesting. Hopefully outbreaks don't happen because... I know. That would really set production down again. Yeah. Yeah, it's such... I mean, we're all... But, if, but again, too, though, if they are 
testing on the regular and there is an outbreak, you could nip it in the bud. If it's a star, they mm-hmm. film not those scenes. And if it's only him and they haven't infected anyone else because everyone tests negative. Right. That's still being safe. I think it's not essential in a term way. Like, we like, could get through life without it. Yes. But... It would be this terrible. This is the safe but... way to go about yes. doing these yes. things. For sure. And that's how I think it... Like, my own personal thought, that's how it's going to be with... I think it should be with certain workplaces, too. Yeah. If you're going to be that into bumping heads with people and not forcing masks, obviously entertainment people can't be wearing masks when they're right. being filmed, then you need to say, we're doing testing, and it's like an every other day thing, and and then we get those results back, and then, yeah. So that's going to be interesting going forward. But we do have all the the movies that are not being released now. Uh, they've now officially removed Mulan from the release schedule. Yep. Uh, as well as uh, Avatar and Star Wars uh, films that were supposed to be... Uh, I think Avatar is supposed to come out next year. Mm. The, the three... Uh, James Cameron Avatar, not the last Yeah, Airbender. no, I knew what you were talking about. Uh, um, I would hope that anyone listening to this podcast would just make that assumption. Oh. <laughs> uh, is that, has that been filmed already, or has it been pushed back because they have not filmed yet? No, they've, have... they've filmed. Um, it's just... Uh, Do they rap? I think they're in middle... I don't know where in production they are. I know they've started production, so... Okay. They've had to have some filming. I want to say I thought I saw before all this, uh, there was a tweet, like, they wrapped filming, but then with a movie like Avatar, they shot three movies at once. Right. All the post stuff is going to be... Yeah, post stuff you can do very easily without... But yeah, it was last, yes, yeah, because next year that they were going to then come into it. Anyways, regardless, it could be also with just the shifting of other movies need to be pushed out. So Avatar 2 is going to come out in December uh, seven, or December 16th, 2022, instead of, uh, it was supposed to come out in 2021 then. Uh, and then the third movie coming out a year after that, and then another one year after that, which... I guess we'll finally get those movies. I mean... I'm not overly, like... I'm not, yeah, needing to yeah. go to the movie theater. However, I'd, I'd still like to see them. But, as most listeners may not know, I, during all this COVID stuff, I've kind of halfway lost... Mostly lost vision in one of my eyes. So, 3D is no longer for me. Oh, no. 3D is terrible anyway. Uh, I'm going to say, when I saw that Avatar movie, though... That was some of the best 3D I've ever seen. It's such a gimmick. I'd well, rather just watch a good movie than worry about whether shit's flying at my face from the fucking screen. You know where we need to develop really good 3D technology? At home? Pornography. <laughs> okay, that's not anywhere where I was going, but... <laughs> I think that's where the, the jumps in technology really need to be focused on. <laughs> Especially right now. <laughs> uh, AMC theaters, uh, again, have stated that they are postponing even further. Uh, we're at the end of July now, and now they're looking at maybe late August, if possible. But that could be changed again, too. Uh, 
Like I said, I'm glad that they're just now... AMC Theaters? Yes. They're still... I thought they were filing for bankruptcy. You can file for bankruptcy and still operate operate and still make money and get away scot-free because that's how businesses work because they're not humans. Well, there's different... There's different types of bankruptcy, and one of them is reorganization. (laughs) But usually whilst you're going through bankruptcy, you're also not operating. But I guess this would be the perfect time for them to do that if they are going. I didn't didn't look verify to make sure that that was something that was actually happening. This is all just what I think I may have heard at some point in time. (laughs) So I don't know. Um, So... Uh, one other delay too that uh, of note. So, the third Spider-Man movie mm-hmm. uh, was supposed to come out uh, next year in November, or end of October, November. So that's been now taken over by the old Avatar spot. So it will now come on December seventeenth of twenty twenty one. So that's a small delay, but obviously yeah. they're taking a closer to Christmas tentpole spot. Right. And obviously there's going to be a lot more shifting like that too in the coming uh, weeks. Uh, and then one other thing, uh, I hasn't been shifted or anything because it hasn't even started yet, but Sonic the Hedgehog 2, uh, they're planning on uh, 2022 to have it come out. So A, they're thinking we're going to have to wait a little bit to film it, but then let's just market it, you know, for when we can actually put it out there. And I'm just happy that they're having a second one. That movie was so real. I don't know. I enjoyed it. I don't think I'd have enjoyed it with the terrible what it what Sonic looked like original, like what they had. Right with the weird teeth. But all the like they deserve all. The, that's something that movie. will win maybe a nomination for an Oscar. Not for plot I'm, or anything, but just with what they had to do. The more I listen to, hear, listen to you talk about what maybe might be qualified for an Oscar, the more I'm super thankful that you're not in the Academy. <laughs> okay, how about you name some gems from this past year that you think would... Well, I watched a movie yesterday called The Vast of Night that was released on Amazon Prime, and it was a great period piece taking place in the 1950s that was very yes, sci-fi. but that was released on Net or Amazon. Amazon Prime. Yeah, but as we know, oh, yeah, that's yeah, a lot for this yes, year. Yes, that is a lot of, damn it, okay. <laughs> <laughs> that was just for you, because nobody true. can hear, see that. <laughs> um, so. Okay, so I wanted to start off uh, talk about news with probably the thing that I'm most excited for and I'm most excited for it all because it is just a teaser trailer. But G4 is returning in 2021. Oh my god, I saw that. And I made a mental note to look that up, and then I did not. Oh, uh, there isn't much to look up. There's Just that they're coming back? It, yep. Uh, so what that means, whether they're going to resume some old shows, I mean, I would assume... Probably taking those shows' names and new hosts or anything. Attack of the show. Think that we're going to get Attack of the Show back? I think we are going to get something like that. Uh, What's funny, too, is the other day I saw a uh, um, pretty much just a picture on Reddit that had like 500 people just talking about it. And it was uh, Morgan Webb and Adam Sessler uh, talking about their just as a screenshot from, from their show. 
and and how everyone's just like oh i had a huge crush on her or like i learned so many things of video games or how real they seem to be in the reviews and i i remember coming home from school and watching almost everything that was on g4 getting really into the nerdiness of isn't that also the station or the channel that ninja warrior used to yes ninja yeah before they made like an american, american ninja one yep. Warrior. and yeah. they had the oh i'm forgetting it now the M- mx mxc to like where they it was a Japanese show, but they had American uh, dubbed over, making mm. fun of the show. I don't that one. I don't recall. I forget. Just I'm, because I would obsessively watch Ninja Warrior, and they had and they had like you know some other Star Trek uh, Next Generation. Like they started doing some syndication, but what really, well, idiots who then started thinking we need to just show all these syndicated shows instead of original programming, and yeah. it's like the original programming is what pulled people in. You did have some kind of nerdiness stuff that was new to American culture. Yeah, having America or just uh, did they, they didn't even call it American Ninja, just Ninja Warrior. It was just Ninja Warrior, yeah. yeah. Having that was something new. Right. Now I've seen one, I've seen them all. Sure. But at the time, and I wouldn't even be opposed to them having that sort of stuff. Just, we need to have a channel like this again because. YouTube can is fine and good, and that's where I will get, you know, some nerdy news here and there. But to have actual production behind some things would be great. Will this be a cable channel, or is this going to be one of those things where you can, like, for $3 a month, you subscribe to the G4 channel? That's also something that I was trying to figure out, because it kept sounding like it is going to be a TV channel. That would make more sense, because, A... Who fucking has cable anymore? Like, honestly. I mean, it is kind of getting to the point where you might as well have cable. Because we all pay for, like, 20 streaming services at this point. <laughs> but, um... Well, I'll definitely find a way to somehow, uh... Get it get, free get, off get somebody access. else. Yeah. You mooch. <laughs> that was, it was my jam growing up. Growing up? G4? It was, like... 20 years ago. I know. I was, I am still a, uh, a kid at heart That's always. That's fair. I don't even know that it's at heart. Also in brain. <laughs> <laughs> and in, uh, ownership of things. I mean, we started this podcast with you talking about the toy that you got. You know. Yeah. Well, and I mean, I can tell you like, uh, G4 launched in 2002. So yeah, I was, so I was just right, out of high school. Ago. Oh, you are a little bit younger than me. That's right. So, G4 is the same age as Connor. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just going to call him G4 now. uh, So, Comic-Con at Home, the panels, you can find them online, YouTube. uh, Still search for them. Lots of information there. But it's kind of funny that YouTube has had so many different creators tell them that their algorithm for taking down copyright things is just shit. Like, and it's one of the biggest things that YouTube doesn't really care. They're like, if it's a real made thing that shouldn't be taken down, uh, fuck you. Who cares? 
and uh, they'll deal with it later if, if they feel deeming need to. And I see horror stories from different YouTubers talking about that all the time. Well, that happened with the Comic-Con at Home panels, where uh, Star Trek, as well as the Cartoon Network one, uh, were taken off due to copyright flags that their algorithms did, because, well, CBS owns Star Trek, and I'm assuming they have their web-crawling thing, looking for anything content of Star Trek, and not realizing, oh, this is us doing it. Right. So don't flag us. And so some of them went down during the um, the live sessions. Everything's fixed now that you can just watch the whole thing through, but it just kind of stopped for some people. And, again, technology needs to uh, keep up with the times and not be so There's frustrating. two animated series coming out. Is Star Trek having, like, the, like I know... Like, there's Picard, and then there was that other Star Trek show, the new one. I don't remember the what com- it was called. The comedy one? Were car- <clears throat> for cartoon? No, that's where I was going, oh. though. Um, but there is, so now there's the Lower Decks. Lower Decks, yeah. Right, which looks hilarious. Mm-hmm. But then there's also a kid's yeah. one that's coming to Nickelodeon. So, like, are we just in the age of Star Trek right now? Is that what's happening I think they saw that they can take a slice out of having some good continuity that Star Wars has fucked up on. Mm. And they're like, let's just be consistent and maybe we can pull some Star Wars uh, people over. Right. I mean, and they're two different things. But I know. <laughs> There's no comparing. They're but at just... the same point, you could in the, your mindset think, well, these people like space technology. I mean, it's kind of true. I mean, I... I can't see anyone that truly, if you're a true hater of one or the other, uh, fuck you. Yeah. You can like one or over the other. Personally, I love Star Wars over right. Star Trek. Is what I used to say, but now it's a little bit different. I with still some love Star movies. Wars over Star Trek. But the I like Lord, Star Trek. But then again, I like Star Trek. Yeah. I love Picard. Fucking amazing. Yeah. I, I mean, is. Next Generation is what got it for me. I wasn't a big fan of the first iteration but next generation onward mm-hmm. deep space nine watched all that shit the ferengi i mean we have a president ferengi i mean <laughs> <laughs> there's so many real life applications <laughs> uh yeah um a great show on netflix if you have not watched it is the dragon prince and they've renewed it for four more seasons oh wow and that just makes me happy uh because i think the fourth third season just came third or fourth i can't remember now but as they do because creators of avatar where they had what they labeled books and they had kind of an overall idea of what they wanted to do for a series knowing that four more seasons is probably again they have it planned out and this isn't just a willy-nilly let's give us some more seasons thing right which i love when and by this avatar, you mean the last airbender. Yes, the last airbender <laughs> one. Yes, those ones. It does look, I've never watched Dragon Prince, but just looking at this screenshot here, it totally looks like it's by the same studio. You Like, you can tell. Yeah. Just by the animation. And it's and the story is, like, again, is really... Is it similar? So the Dragon Prince sounds like it could run along a similar vein as the last airbender, but just be in a different world slash era. Yeah. Where there's like a chosen one, right? I mean, I guess it is a very obviously used trope. That no, because I mean, the there is a tr- chosen one of there is a young boy who's a prince, but the dragon prince is actually 
a physical dragon egg that they found within mm-hmm. the first season that then hatched at the end of the season that is actually the Prince of Dragons. It's a world with humans, with elves, um, and dragons, and then other mystical creatures, but those are kind of the three big factions with the human factions having different kingdoms that are not all on the same side. And so imagine these three different dynamic... Uh, obviously, humans always have more of them because they don't have the magic powers. Elves usually always have less, and then the dragons have less, but they're more powerful. Uh, good series. Yeah. So the same life lessons and everything, but then again, Avatar is a world full of humans and some weird creatures where you can do some fucking magic uh, mm-hmm. sweetness. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What else do you have, Linz? Um, you know, more than anything, I didn't do my homework. But <laughs> <laughs> before this started, I, I was looking up the list of Eisner Awards, and instead of actually looking at that, I fell down the hole of the toys that, <laughs> that came out from the Comic-Con this year. And so every year, like, we, we kind of look forward to at least seeing what's the exclusives are for the Comic-Con because it's like they're the best toys that come out for the year, right? Usually. And this year is no different. There were quite a few of them that I was like, ooh, I like that. Ooh, I like that too. Um, And now I have to find the list again because I have so many tabs open that I've lost it. Um, But the one that I, I really liked was there's a Joker statue that is that had come out like a black and white um, and I can't remember the word that they called it, called it, but it basically it's from a line of toys that means pretty men. Because he is very pretty in this statue. So there's a whole line of toys out there that is focused around pretty men, which I love the idea of. Um, <laughs> like all David Bowie? <laughs> probably. That's where it started, I'm sure. Um there was a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle set. They, they were like the rock and roll turtles, right? They had their axes and their knee pads on, and they looked ready to rock. Um, the Barbasol can that had the um, character from Jurassic Park in it. Uh, what's his name? I can't. Do you remember what, what his character's name was? The guy who plays Newman in Seinfeld? No, because I always just called him Newman. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even remember his <laughs> real name when he's in things because I just think Newman. Um, but that's, I mean, that's one of those things where, like, the packaging is almost as impressive as, I mean, the toys, like, it's just Newman in the Jurassic Park movie. But the fact that it comes in a Barbasol can is really what makes it. Yep. Um, what I showed you a bunch. Were there any of them that you were, like, excited well, that, well, about? It, it just made me excited that, holy shit, I wasn't even looking up toys for Comic-Con. Normally could, that I would because, well, there'd be live in-person people there on the floor and I'd be seeing all that stuff. And I have to re- remember, I have to do the research myself. Right. Because there's no one there to really be doing this. And I was just kind of surprised that you out of anyone is like, <laughs> look at these toys, Tony, that you should not buy. But Oh, the um, Commander Riker. Oh, uh, yes. Face palm. <laughs> there's that... actually, now that I've looked I've looked up a whole different page, there's actually a Picard one, too. <laughs> Does it say how much those are? Because I will buy one of them for sure. Um, 
I don't know, but they're limited to seven, uh, 1,700 pieces. So I'm not sure, but man, those are great. And I'm like I said when we were talking about this pre-recording, I'm not one to, like, I'll look at them and think they look cool, but unless it's Phoenix or Jean Grey, which are the same thing, but unless it's one of those, I usually don't buy toys to display uh, that one. That's not a toy. That's a, that is would. a, a work of art. It's a paperweight is what they're calling it. So I could totally hold down some papers. Put it put it um, on your desk. Ninety at work. bucks. Oh, ain't bad. It's not bad for being exclusive and also hand painted. It's not a bad. Oh, the Picard one's eighty. So Riker's ninety. What? How's Riker and more? Picard's eighty. It's his like one. It's his moment in the <laughs> yeah. sunshine, Tony. Let him have it, Jesus. <laughs> oh man, yeah. So there's some there's some cool stuff. You know what's funny? Uh, I, again, uh, being on Reddit, I um, see D and D memes and subscribe to all these things. And there was something of uh, it was Xanatos from Gargoyles, like a picture oh, of him. Okay. Yep. But someone it goes, uh, that's uh, that's uh, uh, Riker or something in animated form. And someone goes, man, like. I get what you're saying, but don't you be dare dissing on Xanatos, man. This this motherfucker and like just going on about how awesome Xanatos is, but of course, but it's cool that you know that he's uh you know he's that Jonathan actor. Frakes yeah. does the voice, yeah. But I just thought it was kind of funny of like how this guy just came out of nowhere, just being like, "Don't be dissing on gargoyles, like that's my jam," and Aww. you say his name properly. <laughs> Uh, something interesting that I, uh, uncovered because I'm no longer going to be able to use HBO on my Roku because they did not reach a deal for the HBO Max to be allowed on Roku. No, that's because Roku's for old people. It's for people that don't have smart TVs. And even though I have a smart TV, it's just easier to have it on my Roku because I can just, it's, shut up. So... (laughs) Uh, HBO Max, uh, they have a total of 36.4 million uh, U.S. subscribers. Yep. And only 4.1 million have actually been using HBO Max. Oh, really? So. We use it all the time. It's great. I love oh, it. So then you're one of the. Yeah. The small all number the that are using it. All the Ghibli movies are on HBO Max. I'm wondering, partly it could be because the people just haven't adopted to move over to HBO Max, but I also think partly uh, this has to do more with uh, I don't know what this has more to do with, but I'm hoping that it starts meaning that Roku subscribers can then start using the service as well and they'll have more people actually watching it compared to, because that's a low number like you can't be like, companies come to us because we have all these viewers right. when you don't have all those viewers. Yeah. It's weird. And I don't know. I don't know if it's just because if you had HBO, whatever the iteration of HBO was before HBO Max, I mean, you automatically got HBO Max. They just switched you over to it. And so maybe that's why. And some people only use HBO to watch shit like Westworld, mm, Game of yeah. Thrones, and there's nothing on HBO right now that's like that sort of level of entertainment 
But there's a lot of back catalog on HBO Max, which I love and I love watching. There's a lot of just a lot of old shit. Like if you want to watch The Fresh Prince of Bel Air in its entirety, that's on HBO Max. Oh, nice. <laughs> Um, the last tidbit that I have, which is just kind of a one-off randomness that I thought was just curious. So, uh, Mark Paul Gossler, aka Zach from Saved by the Bell, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. has never ever watched the show. Oh, should he watch it and then watch the Zach Morris? Well, I'm wondering what he will think. Yeah, <laughs> he's he's had people post to him the Zach Morris is trash. Well, he has seen. Some of those and Morris is trash. But <laughs> this is he's going to he's starting a new podcast where he's gonna watch them and then do oh his my take God. on it. I would totally listen to that. I kind of am curious, at least to yeah, first couple to see or maybe some of those key uh episodes. Like the that one we all where know. Jesse takes I, that's uh, the, I knew you were gonna say because that's the one that everyone goes speed, to. Right. Uh I think they were caffeine pills. <laughs> I'm I'm curious though how it will if it will turn and evolve into him saying like God I was a, what a, a terrible dick. yeah yeah I mean let's let's be realistic it's not he's the character was terrible he wasn't terrible he the character was written terribly um but yeah no the, going back and watching I watched that show nonstop when it was on and going back and watch like it did not age well. <laughs> At all. Zero percent. Like, I would never let my child watch that show. <laughs> That's how badly it aged. It was not good at all. Um, so I have the list of Eisner Awards. Oh, okay. Um, the Eisner Awards are marred in controversy this year, though, because they had some sort of technical issue with their voting. And I think they vote much like the Academy, where it's not... A popular vote. It's like in, inside industry sort of thing. I'm not entirely certain how the voting for the Eisner Awards works. Um, but they had an issue with the website, I think, they were using the for voting. So they had to scratch all of the votes that had happened when they found out there was the issue and restart voting kind of very quickly. And people had to go back and re-vote for everything. So, you know... Take what you want from that. If you if you were up for an Eisner, Eisner and did not win, you might be able to put a little asterisk there that says, maybe if voting wasn't fucked up, I would have won. Right? <laughs> you could have had that excuse this year. Um, so let's look at the kind of the bigger ones here. So best new series, Invisible Kingdom. That one I am unaware of, but it's from Dark Horse and Berger Books by G. Willow Wilson and Christian Ward. The other ones that were up for that were Dr. Doom from Christopher Cantwell and Salvador okay. LaRocca. Once in Future, which I know yeah. Anthony reviewed and loved. Something is Killing the Children from Boom. An Undiscovered Country from Scott Snyder and Charles Soule. So <clears throat> the fact that this book won over Scott Snyder and Charles Soule is, means it must be a pretty good book. Yep. Um, let's see. What else do we got here? Do, 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 do. Man, there's a lot of... Much like the Academy Awards, there's a lot of uh, categories on here. Like, they have Best Archival Collection. 
Interesting. Best humor publication, best publication for teens, yeah. best publication for kids. Best writer, here we go. Best writer is Mariko Tamaki from Harley Quinn Breaking Glass. Um, and Laura Dean Keeps Breaking Up With Me. So, oh, they list all the books that she worked on and Archie. Um, best writer artist, Raina Telgemeier. This I'm the we're the worst people to be reading the winners of these awards. <laughs> yes. From Guts, um, which I think was a, it's from Scholastic, so that tells me it's probably more geared towards a younger audience. Uh, best reality based work is uh, they called us Enemy by George Takai, uh, Justin Isinger. Stephen Scott and Harmony Becker. That's a really good one. That's based on his time as a child in yep. internment camps. Um, best penciler inker, uh, Rosemary Valero O'Connell from Laura Dean keeps breaking up with me. Laura Dean keeps breaking up with me. Won a lot of awards in the Eisner Awards, and I had never heard of it, but I definitely feel like it's something I need to at least check out. Um, best cover artist, Emma Rios from Pretty Deadly. Best coloring, Dave Stewart who worked on. Uh, Black Hammer, BRPD, Hellboy and the BRPD, Gideon Falls, all sorts of stuff. And I'm seeing a winner uh, for a best adaption from another medium uh, is the book Snow, Glass, and Apples by Neil Gaiman. I was like, I didn't know about oh, this. He did the Snow White story? That would That's, be interesting. Uh, so, I mean, yeah, so, well, Glass 2, I don't know what Glass would be. I mean, Glass Slipper. Well, it's Cinderella, though. Yeah. So I'm interested. So, so now I'm interested in. What's the name of the book again? Snow glass apples. Snow glass. Well, she was also put in a glass coffin after she okay, ate the apples. Okay, yeah. So, so it would maybe. be Snow White. Either yeah. or, though. Neil Gaiman, Snow White. Yeah. I'm interested. Why had I not known about this before? I'm right. a little upset at my house or myself. My house. Yeah. I'm, I'm upset at my house. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I was just read, I was reading it. Best U.S. edition of an international <laughs> material, The House, by... was <laughs> the winner. I'm re uh, I can't read while talking. I, I mean, you can barely talk, let alone read and talk. Um, <laughs> the best lettering, uh, Stan, Stan Sakai won for Usagi Yojimbo, which I'm like... Okay, I feel like he could have won every category yeah. for that book. So I guess it's nice that they gave him lettering. I don't, I don't know. Feels like a cop out to me, but there's a ton more, guys. Just Google Eisner Awards 2020 and check out. It's actually a really great way to learn about books that you maybe hadn't heard of, as we just found out from Tony, re reading about the Neil Gaiman book that neither of us had any idea was was out or a thing. So check it out. I mean. Taking it as well, you know, just because they voted it best doesn't mean you're going to think it's the best, but yeah, it's a good place to start. Um, got anything else? If not, nope. Uh, all right, so uh, booze in a book this week is Chew number one, and I will start off by saying I've only really read I think two issues of Chew before uh, the Chef original Lanier, right? the, the original series. Uh, and so getting into this, I was like, well, it said Chew, and I knew they were coming out with another Chew series, but I was like, is this the Chew series? I'm picking it up anyways, and I'm like, okay, yes, this is the Chew series, um, just spelled C-H-U instead of C-H-E-W, 
And I'm like, all right, I'm wondering how this ties into that book. And again, not knowing a whole lot of the first book, except for that they are sebopaths, uh, where you can eat something and pretty much learn the past of who made it or oh what God. was came from or every like I would be so filled with knowledge if that were the case. But <laughs> yeah, and you can also do it to humans too if you want to eat some flesh and Oh my it. god. So I guess could you with that does it have to be flesh? Could you just like eat somebody's hair? Yeah, or yeah, yeah. You yeah. Could, and you'd get like some knowledge and everything. Yeah. So it's like a cool interesting gross, uh gross thing in in this world where it is the original series followed uh, Tony Chu, who was a detective. And this has been following this girl, Saffron Chu, who is a criminal. Who is his sister that you find at the end? Which I had a feeling, uh, given what they both look like and everything, that it was going to be somehow related. And so now I'm wondering how much is going to have the original Chu versus the new Chu. One's becoming... A criminal, the other one's a cop, and obviously there was a crime within this one that she was right. part of. Uh, she's the C. She's the Cibo. What is it? Cibo path. Uh, uh, yeah, C I B O P A T H. So Cibo path. They're both Cibo paths. Okay. So they're so like for them. I wonder what the implications in the sex would the, be for that people like that. <laughs> <laughs> Or like, even even, or, like, even kissing, right? Because, like, technically, that's you're getting somebody's saliva. You could, yeah, in your you mouth. could be listening. Well, that's what Tony uh, tastes a little bit of the um, blood at the scene and got the whole knowledge. Except for he can't, uh, beats or for whatever reason, he can't, uh, it blocks his. Beats? Yeah. Because they're terrible. Yes. <laughs> but again, that's probably something that is known uh, in the original series yeah. that I was kind of just like, okay, I'll go with it. It's probably just a nod to to that. So, these bad guys who, when they were uh, preparing and were eating some things to get the layout of what it looked like and different things that they might need to know, they're being fed food so that their powers can work that way. But they were being fed also with beets so that whatever happened probably would not be then going gotcha. to which is smart and interesting and also like it yeah. I, it makes me ask more questions i'm definitely getting into this series was this also written by jeff lemire yeah so i'm Is definitely getting into writer? this series i will have to um oh no this one was uh this one was not written by oh. him. i was gonna say i thought he was coming back with it but maybe he's just coming back with trying to uh revive it he sanctioned uh, it though because chu is his yeah. is owned by him right it's not chu came out through image his, did this come yes, from yep. image yeah so okay um john layman was the one who wrote this gotcha and yeah so i i am definitely curious to get into this world of chu and learn more about it but Again, uh, we're tag team in this one because you had a beautiful pairing. Oh my god, this is the best beer I've ever had in my entire life. And I don't even know that I would qualify it as a beer. It is technically a beer, but it tastes more like um, a soda, really. Like you can't there you can't taste that there's alcohol in it. Um, and it's pretty low alcohol content. It's five percent, so you'd have to drink quite a few of them to even realize that you're drinking alcohol. But it's called Rocket Popsicle Sour, 
and it's from Untitled Art, which is a brewery in Wisconsin. It's a Berliner style Weiss ale with uh, lemon juice, cherry juice, and blueberry juice. It 100% tastes like a melted rocket pop. Like, never in my life have I picked up a beer, read the title of it, which is very descriptive, and then drank it and, and been like, oh yeah, that's what this is. Like, you could have not told me what this beer was called, and I still 100% would have been like, oh, this tastes like a melted popsicle. It's so good. And it's blue, which you don't see in beers too often. Blue beers. So this is what we're pairing it with, because you really liked that this week, and I really liked this this week. So, um, I do have to quick correct you, because I was like, I don't remember hearing Jeff on this book, and... No, this has always been... Jeff, I asked Jeff. you if it was Jeff Lemire, and you said yes. <laughs> so I wasn't wrong. You were wrong. Oh. <laughs> I thought you were just saying Jeff for the original Chew, which no. This no, I asked you. John, John Lehman did the original as well. Okay. And this one, so okay. original. I just wasn't looking at the title page, and that's when I went to it, and then was like... I thought you were telling me. No, I asked you. I was like, Jeff I don't Lemire fucking the know the original Chew series, and neither do I. That's why I asked you, fool. Oh. <laughs> I just assume Jeff Lemire writes everything. <laughs> it's a pretty safe assumption. Him or Scott Snyder? Yes. <laughs> so at least we corrected it within the podcast, which is nice. I go through and edit. Yeah, there edit you go. Take it out. Me is asking it. John Layman. <laughs> This goes from my voice to your voice. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's all I have for this week. Me too. I'm uh, going to rock out with my dagger out and uh, yep. go tear up the... I'm going to leave before you do that. Well, until next time, stay thirsty for... Do, 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 do. Oh, no. Ha, 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 ha.